Oh, yeah. Another mini episode. Another team profile and projection. Another 20 minutes with Jake and myself going through this time. The Miami Marlins. Hey, oh. You guys voted that they were the fourth worst team in Major League Baseball. Jake, do you think the fans got the vote correct? Ooh, record-wise, I haven't thought of it. James, I got to tell you what, for our four-and-a-half Marlins listeners, they're about to like what Poppy Gordo has to say. I like some dudes on this team. Miami Marlins enthusiast, Jake Storielli. I love the Florida fish, baby. What's your favorite kind of fish to eat? Ooh, I grew up in a not very fish-friendly household. Same, very um, same thing. That's Italian, like, you know. My mother hates fish. Eating or in general? Uh, live fish. No problem eating fish. Okay. Uh, there was a situation with my uncle, her older brother, with a live fish that was a little bit of a horrific experience. So live fish were not welcome in my home growing up. I like eating fish, though. Okay, cool. I had a, a stuffed halibut in Savannah, and it was delicious. Just for the halibut? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if I'm we went fishing and we casted a couple lines in a lake and there was a bunch of fish and you caught one, would you hesitate to, like, take the fish off the rod? No interest. So you're not touching the fish? I mean, uh, maybe I touch it. Maybe I hold it if it's a little guy. But, like, taking the hook out of its mouth and all that stuff, no interest. Holding it by its, to, like, lip, like the trophy pictures, no interest. Yeah. I have to hype myself up so hard. I'm like, it's just fish. doesn't have teeth. Like, just put your thumb in there. Nothing bad's going to happen. Um, we should do something with Ploof that's fishing because I think Ploof is, like, a man and does fishing stuff. That'd be yeah. good content. One time we went, on, we went on my uncle's boat and we caught some flounder and then he was, like, showing me how, like, he kills the flounder and slices it open and fillets yeah. it and all that. And I was like, oh, I don't care. I have no interest. I have yeah. no interest in this. Speaking of floundering, the Marlins have been floundering for a while. They have a lot of ex-players in the league that are really, really good. They had. If they, in, if they were in another division, I mean, there's four teams that have. The other four teams in their division have legitimate NL East hopes. Yeah, but yes, but even that, I'm saying, like, if like uh, Yelich. Stanton. Yeah. Like they had a board. They had this group. I don't know if Borg should be in part of that. Yeah, but definitely not. <laughs> at one point they were excited about him. Not in the same yeah. elk, but uh, you know, they had this group that they were like the future's here. And then it all yeah. it all it all went away. Uh, I mean, Gordon. honestly, I, I don't know if they redo the Stanton trade, because I mean that dude was owed a lot of money and that goes into Marlins ownership, blah, 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 Jeffrey Loria. Um, the Yelly one, they would have liked maybe watch him be MVP level for half a season, then trade him. There are dudes from that trade who are starting to play for them, but they are not Christian Yelich. They aren't. But the Marlins made some moves this offseason. A nice Marlins offseason, Jim. A step, a step up the ladder. Next rung. They can't see the horizon yet, but they're climbing the wall. They're getting themselves out of the pit, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're waiting for the Mets to burn themselves out, which, I mean, this season seems fight or flight for the Mets, and they literally just lost an ownership group. The Nats are going to age out in a little bit, in minus Soto. 
And then, yeah, I mean, the baby Braves seem like they're going to be around for a little bit, and we'll see what goes on with the Phillies. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Marlins, you're, you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of young players. And, yeah, this is, as we've talked about with these kind of rebuilding teams or however we want to label them in the rebuild, like the Marlins, if, if a couple things go right this year, whether it's Dickerson, Aguilar, VR, and they can get a couple more assets, I mean, you're starting to get to a two-year, like, almost competitive plan? Almost. So let's go through the the ads and the drops. They lose Martin Prado, Granderson, and Neil Walker to free agency. They sign those guys on one year, one year like prove it deals or whatever. Um, pillow contract. I don't know what you want to call it. They're gone. They they picked up. Um, they also uh, got rid of Starlin Castro is no longer on Miami. Right. But they 162 did games, Starlin Castro. 162 games last year. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, they claimed him off waiver, waivers from the Rays. They pick up John, Jonathan VR. I think uh, that was a, a trade, like a waiver trade. They picked up uh, Jose Estrada, a catcher. Uh, Steven Tarpley from the Yankees. Corey Dickerson's the big one. Uh, who else, Jake? There's some others that I'm... Well, you know who they got in the minors? Pat Vendette. The, he can throw with his oh. left hand and his right hand. How about that? Matt That's Joyce on a one-year good. contract. Switch pitcher. Francisco Cervelli on a one-year contract. Matt Your Kemp's guy. on a minor league contract. Some pickups, man. Jim, everyone on this team is either m- – like major league or a young guy with hope. Like there's no one you're looking at. That's like, this dude is a black hole and has no chance. I mean, uh, uh, you know, some of these guys, I mean, Garrett Cooper is not going to get someone excited, but as a bench MLB bat for the Marlins, like that dude could fill in for a two week injury and do really well. Uh, Matt Joyce currently listed on the bench. I mean, that guy's a major league baseball player. Cervelli, uh, he's technically the bench catcher right now. So they've got, Major league players, major league depth. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what young guys take the leap. And like where I started, those MLB dudes that we do know, the Aguilars, Dickerson, and VRs, how can they get off? How much does Miami as an organization like them? And, you know, when deadline season comes, I mean, these guys are in a similar, a very similar position to Pittsburgh. Like we kind of like this lineup. The pitching's not going to be there. And the other four teams in each of those divisions is like really a really good ball club. Yeah. So you have to keep things in a certain scope. But again, that kind of first look at the the full Miami lineup, like what I'm seeing. Well, the, you talked about Cooper and first ba- first base was a huge platoon for Miami last year. They had like Cooper played a bunch. Neil Walker played a bunch. Martin Prado played a bunch. And they bring in Aguilar, who had a bad season after I think two good ones or just one good one. I forget, but they bring him in. I think that's going to be a little playoff battle for first that uh, our friend Trevor Plouffe told us isn't real, but could be right. in this case. Who knows? Uh, so, like, if they just get a guy at every position, that's kind of an improvement, I think. Yeah, and I mean, think again, when you're the Marlins, you do have to operate differently. I mean, we're not going to go into the whole ownership spe- spiel, but they, they clearly are a team that does that. And, I mean, you got VR and Aguilar, two guys that can – you know, put together a baseball season for almost nothing. Um, you signed Dickerson when 
you know, he was a free agent. Any team could have had him. So uh, it was a really nice offseason as far as Marlins standards go. And, yeah, man, I want to see this lineup, and I'll just burn through it quick in case you don't know VR's allegedly going to be at third. They want to move him around a lot. Miguel Rojas, shortstop. Brian Anderson listed in right field. That's my guy that I'd probably say, if you don't know him, that's the guy you should know. He's put together a couple nice uh, seasons for a young ball player. Dickerson, Aguilar, Jorge Alfaro behind the plate. He's pretty solid. Eason or Eason? I think it's Eason Diaz, Eason. Um, he's a young second baseman. They're they're hoping he was part of that Milwaukee trade. So is Lewis Brinson, projected to be the center fielder. So they're hoping those are the two young guys that if one of them could figure it out, that would be really huge for the Marlins. Brinson's hitting stats are pretty atrocious. But um, again, MLB dudes are young guys with hope, which, hey, not bad. Brian Anderson was pretty good last year. Thoughts? He's just solid. I mean, it's it's a tough case of A, having one of the more generic names you could possibly have. Yeah. Um, and then B, yeah, I mean. Also generic back. looking. He, yeah, and he, you know, fourth in the rookie of the year in 2018. He made a nice step up last year, bumped that OPS 50 plus points, 20 home run guy in only 126 games. Uh, but just a really solid ball player. <laughs> he's, he's Brian Anderson all around. He's a he's a B plus version of a Brian Anderson. Wow, that's tough, man. Koopa Loop hit pretty well for them last year. I'm telling you, man, the fact that he's listed as a bench guy and maybe they're going to platoon him and Dickerson because I think Dickerson's got some pretty tough platoon numbers. I mean, this lineup is watchable. Like, we we did a couple of the first teams, and it was like, ooh. But these Marlins are a watchable ball club. They got the catcher, Alfaro, like you said, Cervelli's going to be the backup because that guy is pretty good. He can throw out runners like crazy, and I think he's a really good defensive catcher, and his hitting numbers are good. They're not great. I think he had, like, maybe one walk on the season. Yeah, he uh, uh, 130 games, 22 walks. But, yeah, 736 OPS in his age 26 season. And you and I, we've mentioned before, but only so many catchers played over a buck 20 games. Alfaro played a buck 30. So that's a that's a really solid year for a young catcher slash just being back there for 130. You know who I really like? Who do you Rojas, really like? Rojas at short. Just because of the one, saying that. the one breakdown I made of him last year where he was yelling at the umpire and he was very much like, you have to do your job and respect this game, and you have to do the right thing. And that was yeah. like the tone of his argument with the ump instead of, that's horse shit, that's fucking horse shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you have a job, and you need to do it right. <laughs> yeah. Very genuine. So he's got a fan in me. You got you a fan, got a fan in, in me. Should we that? do that? Is that nope. a good parody song? Nope. Um. No. What about Birdie? You dude, Birdie. I'm a Birdie, Birdie man with a digging on the inside. Who are you? T- oh, John Birdie, the utility guy, the 20, twenty, thirty, thirty zero. Jim, did he just have his birthday? He's um, yeah. I don't. I don't have anything on John Birdie, but he had a solid utility season last year. Yeah, you're just a jerk. I'm a jerk. Um, let me see. Let me check. The can you go? Dude. Can before we get to the the pitching? Yeah. Do the pitching first, and then I want to go over potential free agents and 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 trade season stuff. Do the pitching first. Um, 
last thing I want to say in the lineup, Lewis Brinson and Isan Diaz, again, two two of the main pieces, along with Jordan Yamamoto, my guy from Yamamoto. the Yellow Trade. Uh, Brinson and Diaz's hitting stats were atrocious <laughs> on the major league level. Uh, so, yeah, they need one of them to figure it out. Uh, um, Diaz only had 49 games. Yeah, it's still bad. Um, pitching. They've got a Caleb Smith as the one. I think Alcantara uh, probably gets the pill on opening day. He had a really nice year last year. Uh, Caleb Smith, former Yankee farmhand. Jordan Yamamoto, like I mentioned, a piece in the Yelly trade. He got the call last year. Pablo Lopez and Eliezer Hernandez, uh, Rule 5 guy from Houston a couple years ago. Very young pitching staff. And, yeah, I mean, Alcantara put together a nice season last year. It was funny. MLB put out last week or uh, two weeks ago the the best rotations if you take the best pitcher from each team and the nl east it was like damn scherzer nola uh degrom i i forget who soroka on the braves and then it was like alcantara uh th- throw throw him out there he's okay he's okay what what <laughs> i mean what what do you need from this pitching staff, Jim? Because it's very young, very unproven. I mean, we need one and a half guys to have good years. No, you need a you need a good bullpen. Yeah. It's not happening. You need the Marlins. I mean, you know, it's going to be a group effort. Not the starters nor the bullpen is going to carry them. Yeah. But Caleb Smith can be good. We've seen him be very scared to throw a two-strike pitch. We like yeah. so almost two years ago, Caleb Smith didn't have an out pitch, and hitters would just like swing for the fences the first two because they didn't care about getting two strikes yeah. on them. But I, he he improved; he got a lot better, so that's good. Good for him. Brutal, brutal finish to the season. He uh, in August and September he had a six three nine a six three nine ERA in both months to finish the season. He was having a really nice year. Yeah, I was trying to see what he does good because when you watch Caleb Smith, it's hard to figure out what's working. I mean, um, he's a lefty; he could pump it a little bit. Um, no third pitch. His changeup is his third pitch, and he throws it fourteen percent of the time. He throws his fastball fifty percent of the time. So is I've got a question. And his changeup is... gets kind of rocked. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> he only throws it. <laughs> He only throws it 14% of the time, and it's got a uh, 346 Woba, expected Woba. Woba. I don't know, man. I'm I'm looking at five young pitchers. Let's let's root for two to figure it out. I think that's op- that's optimistic yet realistic, right? Okay, so which two are you rooting for? Because I'm rooting for oh oh sorry, got a phone. You know call I love there. Yamamoto. That's no, so I'm. I was about to take him from you and snag you and someone well, no, from... No, he's my guy. Someone I from talk Greenwich... talk about him on Talking Baseball like every episode for a week. I know I know he's your guy. That's why I was going to snag him from you in a snaky move, but someone it's called me from Greenwich, Connecticut, and they interrupted my flow of my sentence, and now you have Yamamoto, and I have Alcantara. So then who's your okay. second? And hey, both of those guys could do it, maybe. Um... Honestly, I don't know enough about the other dudes. I mean, we've already done enough on Caleb Smith. Um, I mean, Pablo Lopez is young. He's 23. He'll be 24 when the season starts. Eliezer Hernandez, he's 24. I don't know, but yeah, I think Yamamoto and Alcantara, you bet on those dudes. 
and yeah, the other guys are wild cards for me. I, I can't speak well enough on them. Who's the better offseason guy, Dickerson or Savelli, to add to the clubhouse and the statistics? Dickerson's I mean, probably clubhouse. the best. Cervelli. It's what I just wanted to get to, talk about how awesome yeah. Cervelli is. Yeah, interesting clubhouse vibes on this team. I think um, it's been that way for a while. It's a lot of rookies hoping to get a shot, and they know they're a little earlier than maybe they are, and it's a lot of veterans, like one-year veterans who the rookies like have to – Act like, okay, come give us all your advice, Neil Walker. You're a veteran, been doing this forever. What do you have to teach me? But kind of like, also, I don't care. Yeah, I think if you're on this Miami Marlins team and you want to be a leader, um, maybe someone like Aguilar or one of the veterans, you do need to have before the season that little break between spring training and the regular season. Uh, you need to go out and have a shit show Miami going out night. And that's your team bonding for the year. And you can all point at each other and be like, ah, I remember you, you were drunk. And that's just your team bonding. And Cervelli keeps that intact. And I think that's that would be huge for this team going into the season. Do you do you know any of the minor league minor league affiliates for the Marlins? How many can you name? If you were a true baseball fan, you could name their AAA team. God, I never use them because the Marlins blow. Um, God, off the top of my hand, head, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I could talk to you about Riley Mahan for a while or no. what Sixto Sanchez could become this year. No. Well, uh, the answer was the Wichita wind surge. God, that that's such a mistake. Wichita to Miami? Yeah. How are you going to adjust? I mean, you get called up. You're also now going to just like party because you were repressed in wichita that's terrible yeah double a team is the the jacksonville jumbo shrimp and this i should have known that one the uh advanced a is the jupiter hammerheads so if you climb the ranks you're going from florida to florida to wichita kansas and then to miami is a huge mistake that's an organizational flaw man yeah you can't i mean you cannot have that Especially all the Spanish players, Spanish-speaking players. You drop them all around Florida. They're having a blast. They're in flow everywhere they go. They find the food they like. Then they make it to AAA. Bam, Wichita. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and we're uh, – I, I mentioned Sixto Sanchez. That's the guy. Um, I think he might be the biggest – The if if you are a Marlins fan. I, sh- I feel like I shouldn't say that, but I do have to say that. Um He's he's a pretty good pitching prospect, starting pitcher. Um, I wonder if he's the first injury. It looks like he's going to start in double A. Um, you'd like to think they have a plan for him, so it's probably not the first injury, but he should get the call this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Miami is building something. I'm, uh, I'm starting to believe maybe it's some Jeter bias coming in, but um, – I don't know. I'm 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 okay with what I'm seeing around around the Florida Fish, man. Their number one prospect is awesome. Okay, Jazz ja- Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm from Bahamas. That was a funny trade this year because it was because Jazz Chisholm, I believe, was in the Diamondbacks organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was correct. He Good knowledge, Jake. Prospect for prospect, yeah, Zach Gallon. Yeah. Um. Who he's from? You don't normally see that. Normally, dudes. <laughs> normally, if you're a prospect on a team, that team loves you. So it's it's kind of a, a office office finger guns gif. Well, the Brewers of, and the Padres just did that as well. 
well, wait, you're, you're prospect. Well, you're prospect. Well, I mean, we like our prospect, but you we like, so yeah. you like our prospect. It's a tricky game. Well, he's their number one prospect. His name is, uh, Jesrado Hermes Arrington Chisholm. And he goes by jazz Chisholm. Yeah. Um, and he's 5'11", 165 pounds, shortstop from the Bahamas. So he's a ways out. No reason for me to bring him up besides I like his name and I like the fact he's from the Bahamas yeah. and I'm rooting for him. And that's all of those points are fair. Okay, thank you. What about J.J. Yeah. Blade? Oh, that's another fun name. J.J. Blade? It's a great name. It's a great name. Do you know who that is? He's their no. second. He's their yeah, second, for you. second best prospect. Um, J.J. Blade. He's he's a long ways out as well. Day blood day. Yeah, you might see Nick Nider. I mean, it at the end of this season, it would be cool if they could get off to a decent start. Um, you know, maybe have like a 500 April. And then, you know, the wheels are going to come off a little bit, maybe a trade deadline and then and then I mean it's just going to be an army of young guys trying to figure it out, but yeah, they they've got some triple A arms that are gonna gonna come up this year excuse me um nick nider to a decent prospect he's probably going to get the call at some point uh sixto as i mentioned there's a couple other young guys at triple a so yeah I, I i you're hoping to get off to a decent start so there's a little oomph for the veterans mm, mm. you know if, if if they come out the first two weeks with like a two and ten or something like that you know it, it might be tough for jesus aguilar to really dial it in um Shots fired, I guess. Yeah. And speaking of the trade deadline, which you brought up there, these are the potential pieces to watch playing for a trade in their contract year. Francisco Cervelli signed a one-year deal. Matt Joyce, Jonathan VR. So those three, especially Cervelli, people always need catchers. People always need catchers at some point in the season. They're always bouncing around. So Cervelli, if I mean, he's a backup, but still if a team is like, you know, the Yankees don't have any in their farm system. Maybe they, you know, I think Sorelli has a chance of being grabbed by someone if he shows he's alive. Matt Joyce, all the guys they just got. They're not going to yeah, trade any of the, the prospects. Any veteran. Yeah. Who do they open up against, Jake? Do you know? Do you want to know? No, I dare. Do you want them, do you want to find out they have a hard opening or uh easy opening? I mean, I don't really care about the openings. You're getting pretty tuned into this because I think it's it's a double-edged sword. You say if they're if they're playing a tough team, you'd be like, well, they're not going to be in midseason form, or it's a tough start to the schedule. Um, uh, I mean, you could go either way on it. Well, you're talking. You were the one sent talking about if they get off to a hot start or a bad start. So I just want to give you what their st- schedule is. It's pretty rough, right? And I'm telling you, the schedule doesn't like I, that could be a plus for them. Like we said, the Orioles opened with the Yankees last year and took two out of three because they didn't really get rolling yet. Well, they have four against the Phillies, three against the Nationals, three against the Braves, three against the Nationals, four against the Braves. That's their opening stretch. It's their division, man. It's I know. A tough division. It's a tough division to be in. I'm glad I'm not in it. I mean, the NL, who, who are your like, Take a second to breathe, teams. It's the Pirates. And they don't it's the tell, Giants. and they don't play the Pirates until May. They don't play a non-contender until May. Tough. The NL is going to be brutal this year. That's a tough April for the Marlins. 
And then yeah, then they then they go visit the NL West and Central a little bit in May. Crazy. That's a tough start. Well, have fun, Miami. Enjoy it. Have fun. Jake, last year they went 57 and 105. They won 57 games. Oh, you dirty dogs, Vegas. You know, yeah. I've been on the under kick, right? And I'm feeling sure. guilty for taking all the unders. I feel like I'm yeah. playing, being a fool. I'm going to be wrong eventually. So I was telling myself, I'll take the over on the Marlins. They, they got some guys. But it's 64 and a half games is what mm. Vegas has it as. And we just talked about how brutal their division is. And that's 18 games against four teams that when they play the Marlins, they're like, hey, we better fucking win these. Right. So I'm taking the under again. 64, huh? 64 and a half. I was kind of hoping 62. I think I think if you're a Marlins genuine goal, it's to not lose 100 this year. 64 and a half is tough, man. Um, especially when there's only two other bad teams in the NL. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm feeling lucky, Punk. Give me the over. We'll, you're we'll just, have you're, one. You're one just... NL East. One NL East team's gonna get hit with injuries, and one NL East team is gonna have like a sad ending to their season because it didn't come together. So the Marlins will eat up some wins at the end of the year. Uh, that happened last year with the Mets and then the Phillies, and they still only won 57 games. I dude, the Mets were trying their hardest at the end of the season. They turned it on to win eighty four games or whatever it was. I know, and that this the year ones... would be deflating. That would be that last year was the build up for them. Like we're coming next year. This year, if it doesn't happen, they're gonna be sad puppy dogs at the end of the year. Well, I'm just saying we started with four teams in it last year and two bounced. Right, and then I think the Marlins are a lot better. Villar, Aguilar, Dickerson, the young pitchers all get a year older. It's a better team. I agree too. I think it's a great line by Vegas. It's a tough one. And you're just the under guy. So who are you? Have nothing to stand. Oh my god! I'm clapping. <laughs> that was me clapping. <laughs> I was clapping for Vegas for setting a good over under. Maybe. It will see. It will all play out eventually. Fun fact to close the show about the Marlins. Jordan Yamamoto took up haircutting as a hobby in the minors. He cut his teammates' hair to hone his skills and help them save a few bucks. Huge. Thanks, Jordan Yamamoto. Ooh.